On this week's episode, we're heading back to Fun Valley to talk shop with Blake Eagle. Blake is a contractor who, after years of exposure to the unhealthy materials of standard practice building, decided to construct Idaho's first hemp lime home for his family. Blake shared with us the benefits of building with hemp lime and the difference living with it has made to him and his family. This is Trace Material. So thanks, Blake, for making time to meet with us today to chat. Um, I remember meeting you out in Ketchum at the Hemp um, Summit last year um, when we came to visit your house, I think, with your wife and two girls. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's so I, you were really swamped with people that day, everybody crawling all over your house, and you were very generous and gracious in letting us all see and the amazing work that you had done there. So um, I remember that very vividly um, being there with you and chatting with your girls, actually. I think I chatted with your girls more than I chatted with you. But um, <laughs> anyway, we, we kind of wanted to catch up with you. And, um, you know, as you know, we're really deeply invested in the whole hemp lime space. And we're looking at what's happening um, in the country right now, um, getting insights from from people such as yourself who've had experience working um, with hemp lime and trying to understand how viable this uh, construction uh, practice might be going forward. So I had a few questions to ask you, if you don't mind, to just kind of gain some of your insight and, um, you know, uh, hear about some of your wise thoughts about your impressions of this material. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> great. So, so thanks very much for joining us today. Um, so, I'm, I don't know anything really about your background and kind of and um, you know your background in construction and perhaps what what has brought you to this moment in time, and to understand a little bit about your philosophy of building. So, if you could share some of that with us, that would be great. Yeah. Um, well, after school, didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I had an uncle that was working with the union apprenticeship program and thought that would be a good skill set to have under my belt other than some other education and wanted to learn how to build my own house someday. Um, it took me a lot longer than I wanted to. I moved to the Sun Valley area, you know, shortly after the apprenticeship. Um, and we were building custom homes for, you know, the, the big million dollar, $10 million homes. Um, so the caliber of construction background went from a union-based commercial background into a high-end residential and uh, built, you know, along with other contractors and myself, built about 40, 41 houses now, I guess, including my own. Um, so quite a good experience of all phase of construction, I guess, in the residential and a little bit in the commercial. Um, and when we decided to build our house, I was not impressed with standard practice. Uh, the materials that we were exposed to on the job site every day can be, you know, pretty, pretty toxic, <laughs> toxifying, you know, get you uh, the headaches from the lacquers, things like that, that are always, always on site. Um, so we started looking at healthier ways to build when we decided to build our own home uh, and something that would be, you know, fairly sustainable, energy efficient, and above all, try to, you know, use better materials. Um, so when we did decide that, it took us um, to build our house, I guess, it took us about nine months to get approved. 
just to get a hold to the ground to, to start the foundation. Um, being that the U.S. was not on board with any kind of hemp and lime building at that time because we broke ground in 2012, uh, finished in 2013. And the city was just adopting an above code energy efficiency program. And since the hemp lime system did not have the ICC accreditations at that time, um, they took it a big challenge to uh, accept it as a building material. Um, so we were able to provide, you know, some testing from the BBA, the British Board of Agreement um, from the UK, which was our biggest help. Um, you know, one of the guys from the Asheville project had turned us on to their building official and helped coordinate between the, uh, the city, I guess, to see what would be allowable. Um, so it, it was a bit of a process just to get it out of the ground <laughs> and seeing all these different types of what we'd been doing. And I knew, you know, just knowing better what we wanted to do and it was a challenge. So that's, that's, that's great. So, um, so interesting that you kind of came to this, um, this practice because you were interested in building your own house way back when, when you were a young thing. That's the reason I came, I, I went into architecture, same, same impetus. So that's kind of a, a funny Funny coincidence there. So can you tell us where you are right now? Because it's interesting because we're hearing a little bit of background noise and it's interesting to hear for us where you are exactly. Oh, yep. I am on a construction site right now in the Sun Valley area. Um, a retired architect, actually, really nice client. And they're building their uh, dream home here. Um, so it's very busy today. They've had a lot of uh, lots going on, concrete to you know finish work all going on at the same time. Um, so there's about 50 people here today. Amazing. <laughs> Busy site. So we can hear that's some of the background noise that we can hear. So what convinced you, do you think, that hemp and lime was a viable material to build your own house? Like, why did you head in that direction? Well, looking into what the UK was doing, um, we were stumbled upon, as I started looking at natural building, um, stumbled upon the hemp and lime that was going on and saw the brewery distributorship. Uh, there was a large commercial project and then quite a few of the uh, residential homes. And so we just reached out to the distributor of the product that we found um, was Tradical was uh, the product we were able to use based on them having some testing certificates. Um, but I guess the fact that the house would perform with nature instead of against it was kind of an interesting point you know the humidity levels that would balance you're not trying to keep that out it just kind of will absorb and re-emit throughout the day changing in temperatures um, and we live in a very dry climate for the most part but we get heavy snow in the winter with large temperature swings during the day and so having that thermal mass uh, was also a kind of one of the performance sides that i was interested in just trying to keep the house from you know, needing a lot of conditioning for the space and just trying to, you know, I guess we took a gamble by at that time, it was still pretty new and just trusted the salesman. You know, that's always a hard part for me to trust the sales guys, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. in the end it worked out because everybody's got the best new product, you know, that's the, what we see quite often. And, you know, looking into it further and finding that there were still some structures that had lasted, you know, hundreds of years that were still around the planet. Um, and that, that it could be potentially re reclaimed or uh, reused in another building that you can, you know, the, the life cycle of the product, I guess, was also appealing. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm very curious about what, you know, I hope, I don't know if I will still be around doing work by then, but all the houses that we are currently involved in have the hybrid foam foil or a foam and a, uh, like a fiberglass blow in system. There's not very many that are choosing to go other routes. Um, it seems to be very standard practice here now uh, of a lot of foam homes and, Boy, I'll tell you, I do not want to be the guy that's got to go and remodel those houses for the next owner. I don't know where to put all that. <laughs> you know, there may not be a uh, disposal area at that time. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We're pretty anti-foam also. So particularly petrochemically based foams, really problematic products. I mean, I, I get it. They work. They do work. They do their job. But yeah, not, not my favorite. No. Mm -mm. Can you tell us a little bit about your building process? Um, I'm imagining that you learned a lot kind of on the job as you were building your own home. What would be the kind of key takeaways for you um, that, that you could share during that process that you could share with others? Well, the biggest thing, I guess, was trying to reach out to other people that had been doing it or had done it and see what they'd learned in their process. Um, at the time, there were only uh, two other houses in the in the U.S. that had built with hip. So I reached out to both of those builders and talked to the code agencies and really just asked what they would approve. How did they do certain things? You know, one of the challenges that we faced, I guess, was, you know, the electrical was in a conduit, which wasn't that big of a deal, um, but it just added a little bit of expense to run conduit throughout the walls. Uh, the, any kind of structural, like the hangers, um, any kind of the structural steel that was embedded into the system um, had to be protected with, they forced us to use kind of a two-part epoxy instead of uh, an iron oxide primer, which is what another engineer had told us. Um, so I guess some of the challenges we had to assume were we hope this works process, um, being that nobody could give us a, a specific answer on how to properly detail some of those systems. And since nobody had done it yet, um, we were all still trying to learn together with our team. And our architect and the engineer both uh, were very helpful. Um, but, you know, the challenges arose and still had to reach out myself to ask those questions, you know, calling a chemical engineer, talking about different types of sealers and paints that we could get away with that was the most, you know, least invasive or friendly, and then what would be approved. So I think the hardest challenge that we had was nobody, nobody knew what we were doing 100%. And everybody was kind of like, well, this is a mortar based material, this is what we would recommend in say, cement or concrete. Um, so that was a lot of what the driver was being that this as you know that similar uh, masonry wall system so interesting right it's yeah very interesting and you just yeah the reaction of how things when you start uh, meshing them together what's going to happen to those you know we don't we don't want anything to fall down so we were always very <laughs> tried to do our homework i guess and reached out to whoever we could uh talk to about it and what they did and see how it worked would you, in retrospect, have done anything differently as, you know, in terms of kind of the knowledge that you acquired over the life of the building as you look back on uh, the final product? Are there, are there things that you would change now that you kind of some, know so much more about working with hemp and lime? Uh, some of the things I would change would probably be not putting the roof on 
before the walls were done. That was a, you know, we were required uh, to get the house pretty much to cover and dried in so that we could get an electrical inspection, um, which was a, kind of a bummer because we had, we had the window to put the material in in the fall. And then by the time the, the inspectors came over and said that they would not give us a partial inspection, yeah, um, they wanted too. to see the whole system wired up and ready for cover. So we had to um, move a little further than I would hope to based on uh, what was allowed. I think now they would actually let us just put the conduit in and then feed wire later. But at that point, that was our biggest challenge was having the roof on and detailing the very top of the wall around all of the uh, roof framing just was time consuming. Um, we had a pretty good system on the mixing and casting. We did a monolithic pour on site where we just had the bucket brigade and had two people consistently on the mixers to keep the batches consistent. Um, so having a good team was, was great. Uh, but they weren't there every day, you know, during the poor people's schedules were conflicting. So I would hire some more part or yeah, part-time labor for that phase instead of trying to rely on some friends and family, <laughs> <laughs> but we were uh, doing it, you know, for the first time. And it, we ran into quite a, quite a bit of expense actually on the hemp itself. I mean, it cost the shipping alone was, uh, part of a part of the problem, I guess it was very expensive to have on site. Um, originally we were hoping to get the hemp shiv out of Canada. Uh, there was a processing facility in Lethbridge. However, uh, as we were to order the material, we were told that they couldn't get that hemp in the States, um, because we weren't a Canadian entity. Uh, so all of our hemp and lime ended up coming from the UK, which was not what we were hoping just from the carbon footprint of that alone. Um, so sourcing materials, uh, would also be a better, a better avenue this time. I mean, since then, it's nice to see the changes that have happened. You know, these things that we were hoping for then are currently, uh, in play so that there, there will be a better supply of materials locally or closer to where you want to build. Um, so that was, you know, some of those challenges, the things I would do any, anything else differently, you know, the house itself is great. So I love everything about the performance, the feel, um, just knowing that there's a healthy material in the wall. Um, it just lives better. So we're actually considering, uh, building another one, um, here this spring. So we'll see how, how that comes about. That's great. Can you talk, can you dive a little bit more deeply into the kind of the smell and the feel and the, um, just the overall kind of ambience, the quality of the interior in your house? Because I know, you know, for people who haven't ever been, um, inside a hemp lime house, it feels a bit different to a regular house. So I'm not sure how comfortable you are kind of dwelling on some of that poetic language. But, you know, if you could give us a sense or a sense of your girls, the way they describe the house or, you know, your wife, your partner's responses to it, that would be really helpful, I think, for, for others to understand. Yeah, I guess um, you could describe it as earthy <laughs> in a way. We've You know, with the... Uh, 
while the hemp was ca curing, you know, it did smell a lot like uh, straw bale or some sort of a grass that was just harvested, you know, so it had that kind of natural smell. Um, when you walk into the house, it's very quiet. I feel like the, the wall definitely uh, helps with deadening of any kind of echoing and sound. Um, we are, there's a, a field between us and kind of the highway. Um, you know, it's a few hundred yards away, but we don't get the highway noise that our neighbors' homes do. So as far as the quiet performance of the house, um, when you take a shower, per se, when you get in the bathroom, it smells like clay, almost like potter's clay, uh, because we used a uh, product called American Clay and used that on the interior of the house everywhere we could, except for a little bit of the trim paint. Um, so as far as the house feeling, you walk in, it just kind of feels good, I guess, all, all around. One thing I would say that I'm not sure if it's tied to the house at all, but with the kids before all the this pandemic started, I guess, um, the kids being in school in a classroom environment before we moved into the house, we're coming home with you know, colds and runny noses and stuff all the time. And I feel like that subsided once we'd started living in this home. And I don't know that that's part of it or not, but um, it, we didn't change the school environment or what we were doing socially, uh, but everybody seemed a little healthier since we've moved in there. Um, and hopefully that's just from surrounding ourselves with better materials. I, yeah. I would think that's a great hypothesis, don't you? <laughs> so, yeah, 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 absolutely. Living, <laughs> living with your environment instead of against it, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So you said you're working on potentially building another uh, house that uses hemp lime in it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we are just in discussion right now. My wife and I, um, This our area has become a very popular place to move to. So the real estate market is going crazy currently. Um, and we could pull some equity out of our current home in order to do it again. Uh, a few years ago, we purchased the lot next door to us when it came on the market just to keep that open space for a little while and plan for possibly another one. Um, and so we are in discussion right now whether we're going to take that step and be homeless again for another year and build a house. <laughs> um, so we're just in the preliminary process. If the house sells, uh, then we would we would pursue that dream. Um, but if it doesn't happen this year, it will in the next, we're hoping the next like two to three would be our goal. That's great. Yeah. Once you get into this, uh, house design building process, it's hard to stop. I find. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And we don't want to, we don't want to jump in if it's not happening just based on how much time we, we don't have. <laughs> so what's the interest been in, in people who, uh, kind of expressed an interest in, in your house of, of visitors, uh, uh, do people comment on on the qualities of the house when they visit, or are they interested in this kind of more alternative construction system? Um, you know, people that we do have over just they like everything about it. Our friends, I guess. Um, it was it was great to hear the feedback from the uh, hemp symposium. Uh, seeing the people for the first time that have never been in a hemp house walk in and just go, wow, you know, kind of mind blowing uh, that you could do pretty much anything on a design realm as well as you wanted. So it doesn't really limit too much from what you can obtain. Um, you know, one of those 
feelings, I guess the comments are just, we used a lot of reclaimed materials, anything that we could find, obviously trying number one, trying to save money. Number two, reusing something that was going to the dump. We have a building thrift store here and you know, you get on their list and they'll call you when things come up and there's trophy homes here that get remodeled, you know, on a regular basis and something that was trendy five to 10 years ago isn't now. And some of those folks will do a full swap out or, you know, so it seems like there's always a source of used materials here. Um, so that was a good part of using a sustainable material, some reclaimed materials, and just trying to create that, that home with the least amount of waste. Um, we did qualify for, uh, during the time we built, there was a, a grant and a study based on construction waste and our house, uh, based on what we did and reused as much as possible, we produced the least amount of waste of any project in, in the county that year. So that, yeah, makes it feel, feel good that we tried to do something a little better than, you know, it's, it's hard to see the construction projects we're on on a regular basis and the dumpster after dumpster mm. full of just waste or protection or plastic wraps and things that come along with that. Uh, there is a ton of waste currently in the building world and, you know, changing your materials selection could help that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of variables there, but it is pretty bad just to see the amount of stuff that goes to the trash every day. Yeah, so I'd, I'd love a follow-up question on that. What's it going to take to move, you know, some of these clients away from these, I think you called them foam homes before, foam houses. How are we going to get hemp lime to become a viable alternative? Um, you know, I've talked to a few clients about it because I also do some general contracting. Currently, I'm in the kind of focusing in custom cabinet world because a little lower stress. Um, but the We've had some people with great interest, but then it comes down to uh, the building window with a cast in place system. Um, that was, a, you know, part of the challenge for the scheduling. Um, the expense of it has to come down and be more readily available and accepted on a local platform through your building officials. Uh, one of the questions we get, we get some inquiries on a regular basis about it and nobody has discussed anything with their local officials if they can even build a hemp house yet. And some of those challenges will really be getting the acceptance up to, to be uh, a standard practice option, I guess, you know, and yep. that's still going to take some time when people are used to a certain way and mainly the inspection side, if they don't know it, they're a little bit timid of it. Sure. Yeah, I have a question too about your um, your schedule, so your construction schedule, because there is that kind of drying time that's part of of um, of, of casting this, of, of pouring this in situ hemp lime. What's the what's the window like um, in Ketchum for building? You know, when do you typically pour hemp lime? Yeah, you would want to pour or cast. Um, anytime the temperature doesn't drop below 40 degrees, I guess mm -hmm. you know, it's a mortar based product. So you don't want yeah. it to freeze. Um, so there is, some um, uh, potential with tenting that could be done, but generally the tenting is heated with a propane heater mm -hmm. and that puts a lot of moisture back into the system as well, if you were mm -hmm. to do that. So yeah. I would say, you know, your building window would have to be scheduled out mm -hmm. where you can start casting in probably that mid to late spring ideally yeah. mm -hmm. um our house took 
we were, were two story and ended up casting a 12 inch wall system. And it took a full 90 days at a six inch probe to reach those moisture contents in order for uh, the stucco to go on for the render. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the original dry time was supposed to be 30 to 45 days. Um, mm -hmm. For some reason, it took a lot longer. And mm -hmm. we had those days that we have great southern exposure, but we couldn't dry it out too fast. So, we, you know, you're trying to put shading up um, mm -hmm. on the scaffold. So there was some, some of that that would come up and down during the day and try to keep the airflow going through. Uh, mm -hmm. But really, your best, best building window would be that uh, casting time you know, mid, mid spring start. The earlier, earlier in the, in the summer, not to, not mid summer. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then ideally you would want to get your, your, if you did a render or however you were doing your exterior finishes, you would, you know, allow that first brown coat if you did stuccos surrenders mm -hmm. to completely dry out as well. So you've got mm -hmm. that sequencing to be, be mindful of when starting. So interesting. Okay, I think we're almost coming to the end of our conversation. I'm sure you have to hurry back and and go go back to your to your regular work. But I had one final question: is there is there anything we haven't discussed that you think is kind of important for people to understand as we think about you know how we transition from uh, hemp lime as a bespoke process into kind of more general acceptance um, in the construction industry? That's a tough one, I guess. I think you want you have to want to build a hemp house. Um, would be would be one thing that I've seen. Uh, definitely, those challenges that came about just getting approval were were the hard part. Um, but to see more people get interested in it, I think seeing more projects in the ground and uh, more and more people just become aware of the possibilities uh, as as this starts to, you know, now it's going to be easier. There is more information becoming available. So with that available, I think that would, uh, that's going to help maybe sway that decision of how to, how to build your home. Um, so more, more projects in the ground and more people with that charge and drive forward to change, change the building world a little bit. Or a lot, actually. Oh, a lot, actually, a lot. Yes, correct. <laughs> That's right. Forget the small steps. We're interested in, in those big steps. Let's right? make some big steps. I agree. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, thank you. Thanks, Blake, for taking time out of your day to chat with us. Super interesting to hear your insights and um, the story of building your own house and potentially building another one. Excited to catch up with you if that happens. Um, and uh, just, yes, thanks for spending time with us. Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me on the call. I appreciate it.